During the Blitz in World War II, British cities were bombed relentlessly by the Luftwaffe in an attempt to destroy and kill and spread panic and fear. Now, at least 40,000 people died in the city of London alone, which at the time had a population of around 8 million people, meaning around 0.5% of the population died. Now, those numbers seem familiar, and they harken back to today. Because as we descend deeper and deeper into chaos, it's useful to look at just how we dealt with crisis in the past. You know, the measures taken and the outcomes that were experienced. Now, have we gotten any smarter, more organized, more resourceful, more resilient? Are we listening to the right people? And are the solutions that are emerging, you know, those of locking down citizens, increasing surveillance, and more and more data collection, is any of it going to work? Now, in spite of all the carnage during the Blitz, it didn't shut down the city of London, nor did it stop people from doing what they were doing and carrying on with their lives. People didn't flee the cities for the countryside, even though that could have probably saved thousands of lives, at least in the short run. By now, everyone would have seen the motivational poster that goes, keep calm and carry on. Now, it's become pretty much iconic today. It's almost a cliche, but it was actually not a very widespread slogan at all during the time. It did, however, encapsulate that prevailing mentality, the philosophy and the mindset of the time very, very well. Namely, they knew back then that the primary thing was to maintain a functioning society, casualties or not. They knew it was a sacrifice, a trade-off. It was not keep calm and let the government give you free money. It was practice self-discipline, fortitude, and remain calm even in the face of adversity, especially in the face of adversity. Now imagine if the Brits had just encouraged the population to stop going to work in 1940 because it was unsafe. Now Britain had a highly successful record of mobilizing on the home front, mobilizing for the war effort. Now they have a record of maximizing output, of assigning the right skills to the right tasks and so forth, and also of maintaining the morale and spirit of the people. So there's always been, there has been a nationalist spirit. And that's something that people have almost come to despise today. It's been replaced by this nonsensical notion of, you know, international solidarity, which proved pretty much quite short-lived when we got the first sign of a crisis. Now, as a side note here, before the war, Britain imported about 70% of its food. Now, home agricultural production increased by about 35% during the war, meaning people adopted self-sufficiency. Now, today, the idea of self-sufficiency, that will pretty much render you a kook in many circles. So we're just supposed to sit at home and relax in the knowledge that nothing can ever disrupt our supply lines or threaten food security, even though billions of people are in lockdown, and even though the world's superpowers keep antagonizing each other daily. Now, some of these overly protectionist nanny state measures that we're seeing, I mean, they fit in very well with this general coddling of our minds that we've seen so much of in the past decade. Now, in a way, this stay-at-home idea is just making one big safe space of the entire world. Now, the idea that we don't need an economy, that some universal basic income confetti money will help us, and that we can just go back to normal if we just stay home for long enough and watch Netflix for long enough, I mean, that is just one more of the fairy tales that we've all come to believe in, or that many people have come to believe in. 
Now, never mind that an enormous proportion of the population, mostly the younger ones and the ones living outside of the city, could probably carry on with their lives just as per normal without much risk or ramifications to the greater population. Now, you see, all of us, young or old, urban or rural, we're going to have to sit this one out while old Bill Gates concocts a vaccine, you see. Now, it could take 18 months, it could take 18 years, it could never happen, but rest assured that halting the world economy definitely is the right move, indefinitely. Now, already we are starting to hear mumblings of, you know, vaccine certificates or even chip implants to track your medical profile. Now, rest assured that I won't be signing up for those anytime soon. I mean, you're going to have to pull me out of my house kicking and screaming before I'll accept a Microsoft update in my body. Thank you very much. And by the way, when and why did Bill Gates become such an authority in health? He is not a doctor. He is certainly not an epidemiologist. The only virus that Bill Gates knows is Windows 95, and the thing that he does best is to ruthlessly seek profit, preferably by crushing the little guy. I mean, let's not forget that Gates led Microsoft straight into an antitrust situation, where Microsoft basically illegally maintained its monopoly position in the PC software market. And the court even found that Microsoft had taken actions to crush threats to that monopoly, crushing the likes of Java and Linux and so forth, many of them. And yes, that Bill Gates, that very same, that's the saint who will save the world through technology. Because here's the thing, if you are a technologist, you will come up with technological solutions, regardless of whether the problems themselves are technological in nature. Anyway, if you dispute any of the received wisdom and any of the official recommendations, say you advocate for taking more vitamin C, then the powers that be, such as, you know, YouTube, they will try to silence you. Also, if you exercise your constitutional right to organize, and if you want to protest the draconian lockdown measures, well, you might well find yourself arrested. Now, if you are an American, you do have freedom of speech, you do have freedom of assembly, you do have the freedom to protest, and it's hard-coded in your constitution. And that's not up to debate, that's not negotiable, but you are letting corporations such as Facebook, such as Google, Alphabet, YouTube, you name it, suppress those rights on a daily basis. Now, I totally understand that there is a risk of increased spreading of this disease, but here's a shocker for you. Here's a shocker that most people refuse to spell out. Exercising your fundamental rights is much more important than the absolute control of this disease. Now, am I suggesting that you go out and protest? No, not necessarily. But I am saying that in America, far more people died securing those rights than are ever going to die from this. So if you want to go out, well, you can go out. And also, if people can't go out and earn a living for themselves, they are going to perish. And that's a fact. Now, the crisis and the response to this crisis is it kind of typifies big government perfectly. This kind of all-in lockdown solution, that's kind of what you get when you let a small cadre of specialists call the shots. Well, what we're finding out right now is that epidemiologists make for terrible economists. And it's only in a top-down, big government hierarchy that you can have a select specialist's conviction shut down the entire economy. It's only in this situation that you can have a small select group foist their beliefs on an entire economy of individual participants and even halt their livelihood against their will. So, 
there will be protests and there will be a lot of them. And you will see the media try to suppress them. And big tech are already trying to thwart events and prevent people from assembling. So for example, on Facebook, it's near impossible to organize protests. Now it's going to be interesting to see just how how big tech and the media try to squelch the dissenting voices. But those voices are going to be there. And they're especially going to be there on the alternative platforms. Anyway, I think this coming, let's call it unrest, is why Trump is now letting the governors determine whether or not to open their economies. He's going to give the governors the responsibility and have them preside over all this coming backlash and all the consequences. And if the governors keep things shut down, then they will have to deal with all the protests and all the political backlash. If they open the economy back up, then it's also their responsibility if the spread continues and the sickness continues and so forth. Now, I would really hate to end things on such a sour note, but there will also be more criminality, more riots, more looting. And this will happen regardless of whether or not the reopening happens, because the damage is already done. The shortages are already developing, the unemployment is rising, skyrocketing in fact, and the disintegration of the social contract is beginning to show. Now, it's fascinating how the Constitution and how the Bill of Rights in America, they address all the key issues that we're now facing. I mean, protecting the personal liberty of citizens from intrusion by the government, protecting freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, protection from unreasonable search and seizures, etc. It's almost as if the founders had figured quite a few things out. Namely, they'd figured out exactly what truly matters in the time of a crisis. Very little has actually happened today that would warrant tearing up these fundamental past principles. And however we may need to update our existing laws and regulations, we don't need to update them in the direction of suppressing existing liberties. We don't need increased surveillance, we don't need more data collection, we don't need disarming of the population. Now there's nothing in our laws that allows for unelected billionaires to roll out worldwide health initiatives nothing. You don't need to support or participate in any of that against your will. What matters is still your individual choice and your voluntary action. It is still a free world. And on that note, I'm going to exercise my free will and go outside. Thanks for listening.